Last week marked a year since the beginning of the unprovoked Russian military attack against Ukraine. It's incredible to think that in 2023 we have a full-out war in Europe. And still, a year later, it's easy to get used to it, to distance ourselves from the conflict, to move on with our lives. Worse yet, we may become indifferent. Today, as we begin our Lenten journey, please don't forget the people of Ukraine. That's first. And then, what are those three things we are asked to do during Lent? First, we offer alms. If you are able, please continue sending material support through the many Catholic agencies providing humanitarian aid in the region. Second, we fast. Many of you are fasting during Lent. Offer your fasting for peace in Ukraine. Offer your fasting for leaders in Russia who could stop this war today. And lastly, we pray. Don't stop praying and don't stop talking about it with others. May your fasting nourish your prayer and may your prayer lead you to action. And may Jesus, the Prince of Peace, heal the wounds of humanity and open our hearts to our brothers and sisters who are suffering. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. And sitting here with me is Jillian Cantor. Jillian, it's good to see you. Hi, Deacon Pedro. How are you? How's your Lent going? Oh, I was going to ask you the same question. My Lent, I was talking to Jermaine last week exactly about this because we start, we were recording the show for, for the first, you know, Lent is just starting. And right. it seems that it takes me like two weeks maybe to kind of figure out what I'm doing for Lent. <laughs> Isn't that the prep work you should be doing before Lent starts? Before yeah, except, starts. except that that's like, didn't we just have Christmas? So it's kind of hard to like your New Year's resolution is, okay, what am I going to do for Lent? Um, but, I'm, but I'm much more into the, the positive, doing something extra for Lent rather than yes. the, not that it's negative, but the, the taking away of something, yes. although that is good too. So I'll do the yes. basic, you know, what the church suggests, you know, like no meat on Fridays. Um, or abstain on the days that you have to abstain of certain things. Right. Um, but then I'm still trying to figure out what is that extra That's thing that I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe you can inspire me. What are, what are, how are you doing with Lent? Oh, I, I mean, I think I've spoken with you about this before in previous yes. years. Lent comes and I'm like, I'm going to do it all. Like I give up everything, anything that's fun to the point where when I am out and about in the world during Lent and I see somebody like with the Tim Hortons cup or just enjoying going to the movies or something, it reminds me, it just like shocks me a little bit. Oh yeah. You can still live during Lent. Like we, (laughs) we give up all the snack foods, all the drinking, all the, well, I mean the regular of the, um, no meat on Fridays. It's like no shows, like anything fun. I feel like you've got to cut that out. Yes. Um, so this year, I mean, just this past week in the homily, our, our parish priest was just talking about a good Lent. And I was like, good? Lent's supposed to be hard and terrible. Yeah. And I mean, I've communicated that message in uh, unintentionally to my children to the point where they also think for 40 days, we are just going to be miserable. Yeah. So yeah. I do need to do some rethinking and rejigging so that my children know you can still be joyful like we have david's birthdays in lent my birthdays in lent henry's confirmation yeah, is in yeah. lent 
and everybody thinks, oh, we can't do anything. We can't celebrate. I'm like, well, we still can. Life still goes yeah. on. We still have our Sundays. That's, that's a good our- point. You know what? Our I went to uh, the, uh, last Sunday at Mass. The, the, the homily was very similar. The priest said the yeah. same thing. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes we need to just think that it's not just about penance. Um, but right. what is the positive thing that you're doing at Lent? So that's good. Uh, good so ad- I've given up everything and you've given up nothing. That's what I'm hearing. No, no, no. I, well, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it. Okay. No, I'm working. Uh, I'm working on it too. We will both reach a happy balance. A happy balance. Okay. Maybe we need our listeners to email us and, and tell us, <laughs> set us straight. Um, okay. Change of topic. Uh, Danny, Danny's going to be here with us today. And Danny's been oh. doing a series on that he calls Rearing Rebels. And it's a little bit kind of like what you're doing in terms of parenting, but he's right. very much, uh, it's about, uh, to bring our to bring up our kids to be critical thinkers when it comes to media. Um, oh, so excellent. yeah. Mm-hmm. So so far he's spoken about worldviews and also about normalization. Today he wants to speak about how to figure out your own path that is different than the one set by popular culture. So that's in about five minutes after our song, and then Jillian, you're up. So what have you learned from you? Are you going to tell us now what you're going to talk about? Um, I'll just yeah give you a little teaser. It is all about listening to your children. Oh, very good. Very important. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's what I learned from my kids with Jillian Cantor in about 15 minutes. And then, okay, so here's the tough question of the day. Great. Love how, it. Let's how go. Do you, how do you feel about the rosary? I think it's great. Okay, good. <laughs> good answer. <laughs> okay, but you know, and I'm asking because you know a lot of people struggle with the rosary. Um, yes. I know, and I agree that it is. It can be a tricky. I mean, it's great if you need to fall asleep sometimes. That's the tricky part. Is like yeah, the, no, the that's that's true. Fall asleep in the arms but, of Our Lady. Yeah, well, that's beautiful. Yes. Thank you. For it is beautiful. So, but I think that it's like I'm like I'm always trying to find ways to how do I bring it alive? How do I? How can the rosary mm-hmm. come alive? But imagine Jillian traveling to the Holy Land. And I know you've been so traveling to the Holy Land in order to enter deeper into the mysteries of the rosary. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be. Is that accessible to everyone? Can we all? Well, it it is through the magic of video because there's a new series. There's a new series called the Mysteries of the Rosary. And that's what they hope to do to help people Mm -hmm. bring them to the Holy Land to help them kind of bring alive the mysteries of the rosary. It's there are seven. The first episodes There's seven episodes of Sorrowful Mysteries. Um, and they're available available for Lent this year. So looking for things to do during Lent, maybe praying the rosary and watching this yeah. uh, video series. Um, it's produced by an organization called Paradisus Day. Um, and we're going to learn all about it today. The, the filmmaker, Dan Johnson, is going to be joining us in about 25 minutes to tell us all about it. So if you're struggling with the rosary or you love the rosary, doesn't matter. Tune in and listen to my conversation with Dan Johnson uh, in our second half hour. And then we're going to be reconnecting with uh, singer-songwriter Hannah Schaefer. Not sure if you remember her name. She's been on the program several times. She's a young, very talented singer-songwriter. Um, and last we spoke, I can't remember how, maybe maybe during the pandemic, maybe two years ago, she, ha- she was recently married. Um, and it turns out that for the last couple of years, she's been struggling with infertility. And oh. so... Um, so she wants to share a little bit about, about that experience with us today. Mm-hmm. And of course she has new music, so we'll get a chance to listen to some new, some music. So I hope that, um, all of, all of our listeners can join in for that conversation, especially, um, especially if, if, if they or someone they know 
um, has struggled or is struggling with infertility. Um, So that's in about 45 minutes at at the end of our program. And uh, remember, if you cannot listen to the whole show, be sure to go to our website, slmedia.org, where you can podcast the show. You can also listen to this program as a podcast anywhere you get your podcast. So lots going on today, Jill. It's a packed show. Packed show. But we're going to start, as we always do, with a song. Here's Hannah Schaefer with her new single, Upper Room. Thirteen years old, never been so alone. Are you even here? Do you even see these tears? Then something happened I can't explain. Peace washed over me like a rain. In that moment, my heart opened in the But I need you the same Take me to that place Where I first found my faith Help me keep that fire all my life Help me share that joy down deep inside Never fail to say I remember it like yesterday
That was Hannah Schaefer with her new single, Upper Room. And we're going to be speaking with Hannah Schaefer, and she's going to share with us a little bit about her journey uh, struggling through infertility. And that's going to be in about 40 minutes, so I hope that you can stick around for that. And now it's time for Rearing Rebels with Danny Torquia. Daniel, welcome to the program. It's good to see you. Welcome back. Thank you, Deacon Pedro. Always a joy to be with you. Yes. So, where do we go from uh, last time we talked about denormalization? Denormalization, yes. And worldviews. And today I thought we would talk about, you know, Catholic families, Catholic parents as super trailblazers. What do you think? Okay, you're going to have to explain. Um, yeah. But I guess that's why you're here. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I'm here. I, I was thinking about what to share um, from my marketing experiences and PR. And, and, I, and now that it's Lent, uh, we always think about what, what hit me was self-control. Um, and and knowing in a very focused way that we're called to to get disembark from the tracks that 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 many elements of popular culture tend to just push us down and to really be comfortable trailblazing those new tracks and i've got some tips that i wanted to share with you with your listeners okay good so i think i understand what you mean so trailblazing as in creating a new path rather than following the path that everybody expects you to follow because it's in popular culture. Right? Yeah. And you know, it's for me, I don't know about your listeners and you Deacon, but I often hear the same refrains from with people within my circle of family or friends, which is like, Oh, you're going to Florida, you know, uh, time to take them to Disney. How many times you've been to Disney or right. Hey, um, if you, well, next time you go to the mall at the Apple store, get this, um, they don't know that I've never been to Disney, even though I've been to Florida like 30 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't know that I last time I set set foot in the mall would have been 2019. Um, and yes. and they don't know. And every time I go to people's homes or relatives, or and they're like they they want to break from doing the dishes, or they want to break. They're inviting people, and they, and they just throw out their beautiful what looks like very expensive plastic uh, picnic cutlery, mm-hmm. but I'm there busy washing it for them. And they're like, what are you doing? Just throw it out. Um, so there's so many th- ways in which I find myself in a co- unintentional confrontation with culture. And right. I don't mean to be confrontational. I don't mean any disrespect to, to people. You know, I, I wouldn't mind going to Disney. I, I will obviously go eventually, potentially, if I have the money. Um, I don't have any super issue with the mall. I have no, but but and if anyone goes to the mall, there's nothing wrong with that. But but I'm always confronted with the fact that I've taken my kids on this trail, and it's it's not the commonly trod uh, trail, and we got to live with that. Okay, so basically, you're saying to be countercultural in the things that matter. Countercultural in the things that matter, but also the little things for, and I okay. think all this is. All yep. of this is, you know, have we read Laudato Si to realize that it's not just an encyclical about the environment, it's a way to change the way we're living daily. Yes, to to to, to take care of the environment, but but also to just to change the way we live as as family. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I don't know, but I used to buy on impulse, and that's a threat. I used to um arbitrarily say, yes, I'll go to the bachelor party or the stag party. Not knowing where they're going, how much they're spending, what's the programming. Right. Um, you know, I, I assumed uh, it's okay to walk around with a smartphone and that I needed it for security reasons. But like when I leave to go for a, a date with my wife, we now have a wonderful system where I just tell my kids, go to the neighbors. 
And then I speak to my neighbors and then they're welcome. They're happy to say, yeah, let them knock on the door if there's an emergency. So it's not like if I have to be fear mongering that my kids always need a phone. Right. Um, so I think we've got to rethink a lot of um, rec- what appears to be re- requisites or requirements to right living. Yeah, I see. So so that, that seems to me to be good uh, practices to start during Lent. Did you want to give us some suggestions? I did. Well, a couple more. I think I have, you know, I'm blessed. You know, Deacon, that I have a monk, uh, a very, you know, uh, an Eastern Catholic monk who lives nearby. And that's not going to happen to a lot of people. It had had not happened previously in my uh, 46 or 30 years of life. I don't forget when I met him. But, But you can bring monastic living to your home just like... I hammer home the fact that we're all part of the priesthood of the baptized to my mm-hmm. kids to the point where, yes, I'm promoting priesthood, uh, like a ministerial priesthood to the boys and a consecrated life to the girls uh, or the girl. But but I'm also reminding them that we're all part of the priesthood of the baptized. And so they believe they don't they they believe that and they live that. So they can live a little bit of monasticism at home. They can read the rules of St. Benedict and, and, and do things that the, the father that I'm referring to in, encourages us to do, mm-hmm. um, like arbitrarily playing a Hail Mary before we, like, like before we work, uh, like really making sure we have fun, but also allowing silence mm-hmm. to play a predominant role in our day. Um, and also, like, I mean, I used to pr- want to pray, if you asked me 15 years ago, what's your prayer regimen and what should it be? I would have said, you know, hey, maybe a prayer a prayer before meals, prayer um, at night. But now I'm talking to my kids about unceasing, unceasing prayer, um, stopping often in the middle of the hallways before your, your school, uh, class, new classroom. And for me, taking the divine liturgy, which I had never seen before I was 36. Yeah. Um, so not divine liturgy, but the divine office or the reading, the liturgy yes. of the hours. Yes. And 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 reading that for mid-morning, midday, you know, mid-afternoon, even if it's just for two minutes. Mm-hmm. And these things, hey, Deacon, they help so much. Yes. And I can do it. And I'm not a consecrated, like ordained person like yourself, or I'm not a monk, but but five minutes. And, and you know you what? Guess it. what? Yeah. The world is telling you this. For in mindfulness, uh, there's a lot of mindfulness mm-hmm. professionals. Good for mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, um, uh, life coaches good for them, but, um, but I, but there's, there's spiritual direction. There's cloistered nuns or monks that can open their doors to you. And there's the liturgy of the hours that's available to us. So I think it's time that, that we, the, the majority of the laity, uh, catch up and bring in what the church has always done which is pray unceasingly. We got the tools for it. And, and feel free to get hire the life coach and the mindfulness coach, but we've got it all in the liturgy of the hours in in in, in the life yeah. of the saints. So yeah. if you don't need to pay a fortune for professional services, again, nothing wrong with professional services. God bless them. But it's not like if we don't have that in prayer right. and the church's teachings. Yeah, that's good advice. I, I have struggled with that idea of praying unceasingly and Two weeks ago, I heard a homily, which changed my thinking on it, because he said, and there was a reading about pondering spiritual, constantly pondering spiritual things. And I thought, I'm pondering spiritual things all the time. It's just I never thought that that was prayer. 
So it has changed my, 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 my perspective on that. So maybe that's something that could help our listeners. And uh, it's a simple little tip. And thank you for bringing it up as a Lenten practice. So spend yeah. a little more time in silence, a little more time in prayer. Set an alarm if you want. Sure. Um, yeah, so every, can, every two hours or hour. Yeah, exactly. And then you just say Hail Mary or read the exactly. the, the daily reading or, or something. Danny, this is very useful. And uh, not just for our kids as we rear them up to be rebels, but for yes. ourselves as we as we go a little uh, trailblazing. Yeah, because yeah. We, fa- we face headwinds and then we got to lovingly uh, plow through it and others will follow. Lead, they'll follow. Lead, they'll follow. That's what makes us trailblazers. Um, thank you. Okay. Good thank advice. You, good lessons today, Danny. Have a good week. Thank you. Danny Torquia is the managing director of Torquia Communications. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Torquia, and you can learn more at Dialogue and Grace. I'm Pat Riley, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can visit us at slmedia.org slash Lent for some great videos, reflections, and other resources to help you in your Lenten journey. slmedia.org slash Lent. And now it's time for What I Learned From My Kids with Jillian Cantor, who's been sitting here patiently. Just patiently waiting, listening to the whole show. Listening, and you're going to talk about listening. I am. It's a theme. Theme of the day. So... Here we go. Listen to your children. Now, <laughs> our piano teacher visits our home um, where our four oldest children will take their piano lessons with him. So that's four times half hour lessons. That's two hours of our piano teacher in our home on a Wednesday evening. And it happens to overlap with our supper hour. So he has a standing invitation. And he knows that if you're hungry, please come into the kitchen. You're welcome to fill a plate. Food is yours. Also because it's just awkward if we're sitting in the kitchen eating and he's just in the other room. <laughs> so, yeah. so he knows this. So on this particular Wednesday, he comes into the kitchen, pops his head in and says, is it okay if I fill a plate? And I turn, Henry's with me, Henry's doing the dishes. And I turn to him, I'm like, oh, of course. They said, today we're having mushy beans, dried chicken and clumpy noodles with some sauce. So he, <laughs> with that raving review, fills his plate and heads off to the other room. And Henry turns around and says to me, you probably didn't need to say all that. <laughs> so, but that story is just to maybe give you um, an insight into my thinking. I can't receive a compliment without returning it with telling them the individual something bad about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a hard time thinking any positive thoughts about myself. And, and as I'm laughing uncomfortably um, and perhaps about to be a little bit too vulnerable for radio for my own comfort, there's often just these voices in my head that are telling me all the things. You're not good enough at this. You're not smart enough. You're not strong enough. There's just you're constantly failing in areas of X, Y, Z. So those are the, the yeah, just the, the mental battles of a mother, I think, I, I think I'm not alone here, that you're just constantly berating yourself and feeling like you don't measure up. Now, recognizing that that can be overwhelming and a bit of a problem, I did take that conversation to my parish priest and I was saying like, how can I competently battle those voices in my head and and embrace who I know I am, a child of God? How can I embrace that truth when I feel like so many times I'm being attacked by all these voices telling me that I'm not enough? Um, and so one of the things that he encouraged me to do was to consider where those voices come from and to replace them with the voices that I know to be true. And his word of advice to me was, listen to your children. These are the people who are with you all the time. 
they know you and love you the most, listen to what they're saying about you. So it's easy to dismiss what they have to say. As beautiful and lovely as my children are, you think, well, you know, they have to say those things about me. I'm their mother. (laughs) But the fact is they don't have to say those things. It's a true and honest feeling that strikes them. And if, if they feel it, they'll say it not because they're obligated, but because that's their true passion. They're just kids. They're just going to utter out what, you know, say the things that they feel the most. Now, one of the things, a little caveat maybe that I didn't point out to my parish priest is that if you are a parent of a teenager who themselves are going through perhaps their own challenging time of life and their own struggles and maybe don't feel the best about themselves, they're not always ready and willing to say lovely things about their parents. But just keep that in mind and still listen to your children. So the following week, as I said about this new plan in my life, okay, I am gonna I'm gonna pay attention to what my kids are saying. It was just a simple moment of me preparing lunch. It was just me and Leo at home. The other kids were at school. Leo was sitting at the table, uh, just playing with something. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Leo just says to me, "Mommy, you're the best." And it's a thing that I've heard him say before, but in that moment, and knowing what the task ahead of me was to listen to my children, I decided I'm gonna receive that. I'm thank you, God, what a gift that you communicated that message to me through my child. Like all I'm doing right now is making him a lunch of cheese and cucumbers and crackers because that's his favorite thing, but that's his favorite thing. And I'm making it for him. And his heart is filled with love for me. And to him, I am the best. So I was able to to tune my ears to what it was that he was telling me and feeling me and to be able to, to listen, really listen to that and accept it. Then a couple of days later, um, it was just a moment of, you know, parenting starts right away, right away in the morning. So maybe, you know, I just had thrown on a, a random outfit of athleisure this one particular day and went downstairs and was going about business, getting the kids breakfast ready and their lunches and their school bags packed. And Annie comes downstairs and she says, oh, I love your pants. <laughs> so they were pink. So I see her <laughs> the appeal to her that they were these awesome pants. She's like, are you going to wear that all day? And I'm just assessing my own outfit. I'm like, oh, probably not. I have to take Leo to school. Imagine what the other parents would say. They would look at me and say, oh, that lady. And Annie interrupted me to finish the sentence. That lady is wearing a snazzy outfit. <laughs> And I just laughed because, first of all, the choice of word snazzy, but also because (laughs) that was her sincere thought in that moment was, my mom looks great in her pink pants. So again, it was just a switch of thought. Like, Mm. I am going to receive that. I'm going to be grateful. And you know what? I am going to wear this outfit all the live long day because I do look snazzy. So as I'm training myself to listen to my children throughout the week, I also realized I am going to listen to my children and hear the voice of God, if that Mm -hmm. makes any sense. I'm going to hear the voice of God through my children. So there was a moment during that week where, and I don't remember why, but I was just looking through some old photos. I was trying to find something. And the photo box that I was going through happened to be a lot of pictures of me when I was in my late high school, early university years. And that was a rough time of life for me, just in terms of confidence and appearance and so I was looking at those pictures and I was really giving it to myself like oh my gosh so ugly and like why did I have that you know whatever it was I was just really beating myself up um that girl from 30 some years ago I was just letting her have it and without me saying anything out loud all of this was going on inside my brain as I'm looking through these pictures little Leo walks over to me puts his arms around me and says (laughs) sorry 
and says to me, mommy, I think you are beautiful. And I hadn't said anything to him. I hadn't said anything out loud. And I knew in that moment that was not my four-year-old boy, but that was God telling me, I think you are beautiful. And so those are the voices through my children, but those are the voices that I need to hear, the ones of my family, the ones who love me the most of God. He is the one who is embracing me and telling me I'm a beautiful child of God. And I don't need to pay attention to those other words and other thoughts and voices in my head. It is definitely a, a daily battle and a struggle, but I know the voice I need to tune my ear to. Um, and just that those words of advice from my parish priest have really um, set me on a different course. So. So I encourage that for others. Listen to Thank the ones you. who love you. Listen to the ones who love you and God speaks to us through them. Jillian, thank you so much for sharing that intimate part of you with us today. I, I, I know a lot of our listeners will, uh, will benefit from it and you are beautiful. <laughs> oh gosh. I will try to receive that. Thank you, Pedro. <laughs> Jillian Cantor is always, always learning something from her kids She's the wife of David and the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, Clara, Jane, and Leo. Coming up in our second half hour, the mysteries of the rosary series and a conversation about infertility with singer-songwriter Hannah Schaefer. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. I don't know how you feel about the rosary, but despite what our church, church fathers, and many saints have to say, many people struggle with the idea of praying the rosary and with actually praying the rosary. But it doesn't have to be that way. I know, for one, we don't have to understand how it works to know with certainty that just the words of the Hail Mary have power and meditating on the life of Jesus by the hand of Mary, who knew him best, cannot be a bad thing. But, still, many struggle. But you don't have to. That's the hope of a new series titled The Mysteries of the Rosary, produced by Paradisus Day and 4PM Media, and filmed in the Holy Land, to help you enter deeper into the mystery and power of the rosary. And to tell us more, we are now joined by filmmaker Dan Johnson. Dan, it's good to meet you. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Deacon, it's good to be with you. Thanks for having me. So, so tell me, why do we need a video series to encourage people to pray the rosary? <laughs> That's a great question. First and foremost, I'd say because uh, it was inspired through prayer. And that, that would be the why uh, that started this whole project. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the other I would say is, is you know, I think all of us can look around at the world and, you know, say that, that prayer is needed. You know, this is the time for prayer. And the, the rosary is specifically is a prayer that um, each of us can pick up. And uh, Padre Pio describes it as the weapon of our times, right? Mm -hmm. that, um, this is a powerful um, taking our, our needs, our desires uh, to Our Lady and allowing her to take us by the hand to her son, Jesus, through praying the rosary. Um, there's no better and, and even uh, simpler way. Uh, to be able to engage in our faith uh, than to do that, to pray the rosary. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that the, that the idea come first and then the prayer or that the prayer come first and then the idea, like, how did you come up with this? Like, Hey, let's just do a video series. 
Yeah, that's generally how I live my life. Hey, let's find some videos here. <laughs> um, but no, so Mark Hartfield, who's the vice president of Paradisus Day. Yeah. Um, so he wrote this and and he's a good friend of mine. We went to Franciscan University together. Yeah. And he had incorporated the rosary uh, over the past several years into his daily prayer life, praying specifically for his family. Mm. And one day as he finished, uh, he felt the inspiration uh and, and this is not his his thing. He does not do video work. And he felt the inspiration of the Lord's call uh, to do a series on the rosary. So before telling anybody else, he picked up the phone, he called me and uh, and said, what do you think? And so, of course, I jumped at it. So, yes, there's yeah. it needed. It's, um, it would be beautiful to do it in the Holy Land. Um, and then coupled with his meditations um, are just beautiful. So it's kind of a no brainer, but inspired yeah. inspired through prayer. Well, and I was going to ask you about the Holy Land. So was that part of the original idea, that inspiration that Mark had of sh filming in the Holy Land? Or is that something that came afterwards through prayer? No, I think that was part of the original inspiration. Yeah. Uh, knowing that uh, my company, 4PM Media, had already filmed a project called Metanoia. Um, we had filmed in the Holy Land with Father Dave Pavanka. Yeah. And Mark is good friends with Father Dave as well. And so when the inspiration came, he said, oh, you know, Dan's a good friend. He's already been there. He's done this. And to Excellent. be able to couple the mysteries with the place itself would be uh, just perfect. Yeah, of, of course. And and what a great way to, I mean, all the mysteries that we are meditating when we pray the rosary took place in the Holy Land. So I think that that makes perfect sense. Um, so, so how does it work and how many episodes are you working on? So the first series that we did, it's the mysteries of the rosary. This section is the sorrowful mysteries. So there's okay. seven episodes. There's an introduction, introduction, which is more of an introduction into the rosary itself. Mm -hmm. Why we pray, why it's powerful, why now? Then there's each of the five sorrowful mysteries. Uh, each has its own episode. And then the last one um, is called Pathway to Paradise. And it's sort of the conclusion. What do we do now? Okay. Um, with this, you know, um, empowered with this information and this uh these visuals and these stories what do we do now um so each one follows each one of the um five in the middle follows the mystery and we go to the places where the mystery takes place okay that thank you for explaining that because i was thinking okay there's five mysteries but there are seven episodes um that but that makes perfect sense um so is the idea that this is giving people kind of like background information or is it more meditative so that people can then take whatever they learn and and I've watched a few of them, and I can say that they totally have inspired me to think about how I'm addressing the mystery or, or, or approaching the mystery from a different perspective. So is, is, is that the hope? The, that is the hope that, you know, I think the rosary for most of us is kind of that thing that our grandmother did. <laughs> you know, like yeah. we don't really... Uh, I don't know that we, if we've gotten away from it somehow. Yeah. So the goal was to reintroduce the power of one Hail Mary. I mean, that's one of the things that Mark talks about yeah. and to rediscover that power and to be able so the the reflections that Mark give gives are, are aimed both at the head and the heart. So there's theological yeah. ideas and thoughts that are coming out. But then there's also these reflections. Ah, You know, when Mark himself thought for the first time about this concept and what that opened up for him in his contemplation of the mysteries. And then we have interviews from others who have the same thing. We've got stories of miracles and um, things that have happened to people, their experiences through praying the rosary and then their own reflections on some of the mysteries. So it's meant to draw our hearts into uh, the mysteries and to create the desire for us to pray more. So that inspiration to pray the rosary more, then you can dive into the theological elements, yeah. uh, which are also kind of brought in through the series as well.
Yeah, no, that that's a beautiful way to put it. That it touches. I mean, it touches the head, and some of us, are like I am, very kind of like I love. Like I, I get my heart is moved by when I get like, wow, that's so intellectual. That's a cool idea. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 exactly. But at the same time, it's touching the heart. Um, um, you worked on this. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> a lot that you've spent on this. I don't know where you were with your personal rosary journey, but uh, I mean, how did it help you? Did you learn anything new? Did did you oh, did it transform you in a way, in any way? Yeah, for me, growing up, the rosary was a very strict tie, and so my so it was you kneel, you pray, you you know you do, and so if there was kind of this rigidity to it, and yeah. so I think as I grew up and got older, there was a little bit of a hesitation to the rosary. And um, so re-engaging, you know, and over time, I've got seven kids. So I would pray the rosary and, and over time, I occasionally would pray the rosary for my family and, and those kind of things because it felt like the right thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a duty to it. Like I feel mm -hmm. like Mary likes this, I should do it, you know? And, but in engaging this story with Mark and thinking and reflecting more on it, like why, what have I been doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, why isn't this a part of my my everyday life? Why isn't this a part of what I do for my family specifically, drawing them together to pray, but also um, praying intentionally myself, praying for them, praying for each one of the members of my family. Um, so huge inspiration for me to in incorporate this more regularly into my prayer life. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about Mark Hartfield and and Paradise's Day. I know that you've worked. I mean, you you said he's a good friend of yours, but you've worked with them before. Like, what is their mission, and and why does this project kind of fit perfectly into their mission? Yeah, their mission is it's the Paradise of God. So the mission is bringing the family, bringing the family together, um, and primarily Mark's work has been with that man is you, which is an outreach of Paradise's Day. So which is a men's ministry. So they mm -hmm. have groups all over the world of men who are getting together for uh, regular study with one another. So they have a course of uh, seven, eight years that you go through where it's very intentional. You're learning specific things and growing in prayer and holiness as men. And that's been the focus. Um, so the rosary fits uh, so completely into that, that um, one, we can do this as a family. And it's, it's important that you look at the joyful mysteries, you're engaging the Holy family. You're mm -hmm. allowing our lady to take you into the Holy family to understand, you know, what was happening there. So that's perfect. It's simple in that it's, um, a prayer that each of us can pick up and do, um, for men to hear Padre Pio talk about this, the weapon of our times, yes. you know, there's also a, you know, men need that concrete sort of mm -hmm. practical, mm -hmm. Uh, mission-driven uh, sort of call. And the rosary is that kind of call. It's not a wimpy prayer. <laughs> That's the other thing. Yeah, it's no, not, it's not. Uh, you know, this is serious and, and uh, powerful. And so I think for both of those reasons, it engages the family and then very much engages the heart of men uh, to be able to pick up the rosary and pray. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Dan, thank you so much for telling us about it today and for, I mean, for working on it and for, for being a, 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 one of those men in the church that are encouraging other men and families to, uh, to pick up this, this beautiful prayer. That's also a, a weapon. Um, I hope that it's inspiring others to, uh, to maybe pick up those beads if they haven't yeah. in a long time. Um, yeah. thank you so much, Dan, for what you do. Thank you for having us and continue to pray for us. We're, we're working already on the joyful mysteries, which will come out this advent. So, um, please keep us in your prayers and thank you for having me. 
Amen. Dan Johnson, he's the co-founder and creative director of 4PM Media, and he's also the director of the Mysteries of the Rosary series. You can learn more about the series and watch it for free at therosaryseries.com. If you missed any part of this conversation or to listen to the rest of the show, go to our website, slmedia.org podcast. And here now is our featured artist of the week, Hannah Schaefer, with her new single, Never Walk Alone. That was Hannah Schaefer with her new single, Never Walk Alone. I always find it challenging to reintroduce a guest who's been on the show before. And in the case of Hannah Schaefer, she's been on the show several times. But I guess that doesn't mean that some of you have not heard of her since her career really just kicked off in 2020. But Hannah was already doing music 10 years ago. Since then, she's won several awards, has opened for Matt Marr, Father Rob Gallia, and so many others, and her music has been streamed some half a million times. In the last year, Hannah has continued touring and performing and also writing and recording, and we will speak about that, but you may remember that Hannah also recently got married, and Hannah has shared her personal journey struggling with infertility, a journey that taught her about God's faithfulness 
And so we have quite a bit to catch up on. So I'm very happy to welcome Hannah Schaefer back to the Salt and Light Hour. Hannah, it's good to see you. Welcome. Oh, it's so good to see you too. Happy to happy to be on to talk about all the things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and it seems incredible that, I mean, really, we just met like three years ago. I mean, it seems like so long. Um, and I know that the last time we spoke, we were talking about you just getting married. Oh my um, gosh. Wow. Yes. I know. It seems like so long ago. Um, wow. You were already, I mean, we spoke a year ago, and I guess you were already struggling with infertility. Yeah. So um, it's it's been a journey that I've kept a secret, essentially, you know, just or at least close to the people who are, you know, in that in that circle of five, you know, of it's, course. It's, um, because it was just a, a personal journey that I at the, you know, essentially these past several years, I've not really felt comfortable opening up about I just wasn't mm-hmm. ready, my heart wasn't ready. Um, and, but you know, the, the older I get, the more I realize that when we are suffering with something, um, we're usually not alone. We're usually not alone in that suffering. And so um, I just the you know, we we've been through um, through a a journey a long it feels like a long journey. I don't know for anybody who's listening that maybe can Mm -hmm. um, has experienced this too. You know, it's I, I always, you know, don't like to compare time when it comes to this journey of 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 infertility, because any piece of that suffering feels like forever of course like forever i mean when you when you feel called to to a deeper vocation and things aren't going the way you plan or the way you want um it really makes you question um you know that that faith it it makes you Mm -hmm. question um i mean essentially it just gives you the opportunity to either run away from god or completely fall into his arms and trust him and so and what okay if it's painful. <laughs> so what was the one thing that made you fall into his arms and not run away? I mean, maybe you did try to run away. I'm not sure. Can you tell us about that? Oh yeah. Well, I think my relationship with Jesus has always been very much like a like a a close friend. And so um I, I have always felt like Jesus is a place that I can hide in my heart and my hurt. Uh, I can give that to him. And so, you know, through, through this, you know, when we, when we realized that, um, you know, we, we were actually struggling with the infertility, um, I just threw like, like, like I threw most things, throw most things in my life, my music career, you know, our marriage, like just everything. I just threw it at him. And that doesn't mean that I didn't have questions and I sure did ask him. I sure did ask him, you Mm -hmm. know, in those adoration chapel nights, you know, just through tears or through, you know, I mean, every day was different. Every day is different when you're going through something um, so connected to your heart and your soul um, as, as a calling of, of motherhood that, um, you know, I had no other choice, but, but to lean on Jesus. I know mm-hmm. I had no place to run to. Um, I'm just thankful that I was able to to go to Jesus with my husband and not completely alone. I was going to ask you about that. You also had Ryan, your husband, and 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 yes. he's he's part of the same struggle. Now, I we should say that you and Ryan finally did get pregnant, and you yes, are expecting yes. now. Congratulations! Thank um, you. 
that's not always the case for for women and men who who struggle with infertility what what do you want to tell that that person who might be listening who maybe has is struggling or has struggled with infertility Mm. i'd like to tell you that um the way that you feel and the way that you hurt you know is is fair you know like it's there's there's no there's nothing that tells you you can't feel the way that you do um and it's okay one of one of the one really awesome thing that somebody told me um because it's hard when you see people having something that you desire so deeply um and 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 honestly that's very easy for bitterness to come in and it's a place where satan likes to create chaos um and have a playground with but i'd like to say to you you know it's okay to be happy for your friends and be happy for the people that you love Mm. and be sad for yourself at the same time and you got to give yourself that grace it's okay to have conversations with your loved ones but don't allow satan to, to for you to dwell in the darkness of this season um and to know that god is still alive in it hope is still alive in it even when it feels like the darkest night of your life and that could be months years however long it is um that that god is faithful he is faithful and he will never abandon you he will never abandon his children his beloved and um and the the horizon is on its way Mm-hmm. During that time, you obviously you were writing and and composing and recording and performing, and and I I can imagine that that also provided some comfort to you. Your music, uh, you're working on a new album. Has any of that experience influenced the album? Oh, all of it, all of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, I mean, you know what's so interesting is the last time I or the last um, I've been finishing up this album. And I'm excited to be working on releasing it this this year. And I was never really sure if I was going to share my journey, but but it, I mean, it deeply impacted every single song on this project because that's that's where I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, one of the songs on the project I wrote with Father Rob Gallia, and he was one of the one of the people that got to you know got to know what we were going through. I, we did a co-writing session once and. I kept trying to make the song happy at the end because that's just what a lot of Christian music is. You know, it has the mm-hmm. the heartache, but then it has the triumph, right? Yep. And Father <laughs> Father Rob was like, Hannah, stop. And I'm like, what? And he's like, stop trying to resolve this song. Mm-hmm. Is that where you are? And I just like started crying. And I was like, no, father, it's not where I'm at. It's not where I'm at. I, I haven't seen my happy ending. I haven't, but I believe that someday it will happen, you know? Um, and he said, so Hannah, it's okay to stay on the cross. Let's write this song and stay on the cross. And so um, the song is, it, it, when it, you know, when the album comes out, that, that will be on the album. Um, but you know, I was so humbled with Father Robin. I actually felt very seen because because I I, I felt so compelled to write songs that had happy endings for other people mm-hmm. that I wasn't allowing myself to 
to, to write a song that was very authentic to where I actually was. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's hard. But yeah. <laughs> so many, so many of us go through, through seasons like that. And for some people, it, those seasons are long. Yeah. Um, um, so it's good to know that we're not alone and that we are seen and we are loved. Um, I don't know what that particular song that you were writing with Father Rob was, but I do know that there was another song that you wrote and we want to end the show with it called Faithful that I, I think either helped you understand or reflects the fact that you understood that no matter what the darkness is that God was faithful. Can you tell us about that song? Yes. Faithful is hands down the favorite, like my, my favorite song I've ever written. Um, wrote it with a friend who also knew about our journey. And um, I, I mean, the, the chorus is what I would sing over myself in those moments um, where it just felt like I could break. And the chorus goes, um, you are faithful. You are faithful. Jesus, that is who you are. Through the desert barren wasteland, when it doesn't go as I plan, I know you're still good. You're still able. You are faithful. Wow. And it, yeah, it it carried it carried me. You know, songs transcends so much. Um, Absolutely. It, it does, and so I hope that this song is able to reach the depths of anybody who listens to it because it doesn't feel like it's my song. Mm. It felt like God just dropped it out of heaven so that people may be healed and that hope and faith in God and his goodness would be restored because well, that is the truth. Well, Hannah, thank you for allowing the Lord to work through you, even if it meant that you had to hang on the cross there uh, a little bit with him. And we're, we're all called to that as we make our way to make our way towards Easter. Um, I'm sure that the song will bless a lot of people, Hannah. So thank you for blessing us with it. It's good oh, to see you. Well, you. Good to see you too. Thanks for letting me share the depths of my heart today. You can learn more about Hannah Schaefer and get her music at her website, hannahschafermusic.com. And of course, you can find Hannah on social media and anywhere you stream your music. If you missed any part of this interview, head on over to our website, somedia.org slash podcast. All our programs are archived there. And here now to take us out is that song that Hannah was just talking about. Her new single, Faithful. I gotta be honest, I don't understand. But I gotta be still and trust it's in your hands. The enemy would love for me to give up on you. But you're the one who takes what's dead and makes it bloom. You are faithful. You are faithful. Jesus, that is who you are. We're listening to Hannah Schaefer with her new single, Faithful. And that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at slmedia.org. 
Just look for podcasts. You can also find the Salt and Light Hour Catholic podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It's really easy to subscribe. Just look for the Salt and Light Hour Catholic podcast and never miss an episode. And remember that you can find great videos, reflections, and lots of resources to help you in your Lenten journey at slmedia.org slash Lent. And you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for Deacon Pedro. You can also email me, pedro at slmedia.org. Let's continue to pray for each other. Let's pray for those struggling with infertility or who feel like God is keeping his goodness from them. Let's pray for those who find praying the rosary difficult. Let's pray for moms who need to listen to God speaking to them through their children. There's lots to pray for today. And of course, let's continue to pray for peace in Ukraine, in Nicaragua, in Iran, and anywhere where there's conflict. May you continue having a blessed Lenten season. I'm Deacon Pedro. Thank you for being with me today. This has been the Salt and Light Hour. Jesus, that